Welcome to the Uplift Effect podcast. And by the way, happy Memorial Day. So I'm out of town. (laughs) And I just got to tell you the things you do for podcasting. I'm out of state, actually. And I am in a hotel room with my two of my four kids. The deal is this summer, we are in our last summer of travel baseball um, for my second child. And travel baseball, the entire purpose of this this ordeal here is to, um, to have the potential for college recruitment for baseball. Well, it's very stressful. It's very, um, like, the time commitment is incredible. It is not cheap. And there's no quiet time here. Not when you're in a hotel room with your kids for days and days and days and days and days. And so the podcast (laughs) was something I had hoped to get done before I left. Well, that didn't happen because we just gotten back in town from another travel weekend. And I had literally two days before we had a multitude of things to do and then repack and regroup and leave again. So I'm sitting in a, uh, my son's car in the parking lot about to like break a sweat because I'm in my jammies. I've got dread sticking out everywhere at the top of my head. My coffee, I have my coffee here and people are walking around wondering what I am doing. (laughs) My kids just came out and said, mom, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm podcasting. And so I don't know, this is humbling, but just know and don't ever question whether I am dedicated to the cause of the Uplift Effect podcast. I am here, and I could have very easily just said, oh, it's a holiday, and skip. But that's not who I am. So we are not skipping, and we are going to continue on as normal. But here's the deal. Today, I am going to talk about, um, well, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to replay for you a video that I had done for my mom's group. This was quite some time ago, and it's something that still comes up because this isn't easy, and it's about how to implement changes in our home with our children and their behavior, and so... The funny thing is, is that this is called parent coaching. (laughs) And so what always comes as a surprise to parents is that I spend quite a bit of time talking about the parent. Well, I've always worried that people would, would think that I'm blaming the parents, but that is really actually not the case. What is actually the case is that we as parents are the most significant influential people that our children are going to have in their lives, particularly as it comes to raising and discipline and how they are growing, grown, growing, growing, you know, something like that. Keep in mind, I'm in a parking lot. (laughs) I'm in a car and I have people looking at me and I'm hot. So who we are as parents makes a huge, huge difference in what happens with our kids. And so, yes, I do address the fact that we have to be consistent. I do address how we think about parenting, how we are actually living ourselves. Because if we are not living and being who we want our children to be, we're going to have a really hard time convincing our children that it's who they should be. Rewind that and listen to it again. That is very important. So I am going to play for you 
a excerpt from a mom's group session that I did. It might feel a little discombobulated today, but that's okay. It is the content is worth it and that's what matters. And I'm not going to worry about all these other little things. I'm probably not even going to have time to edit it. (laughs) So thank you for bearing with me. And by the way, I feel sure you are wanting to know how to have more access to content that I'm providing through the week. I I just feel sure of it. So I want you to, to know and be in the know. If you are not on my email list, It's for moms that I pump out every Wednesday and give you a little bit of sunshine in your inbox and your email. You are missing out. It is where I'm spending the majority of my time right now as I am preparing and uh, working to build this great big huge summit that's in July. And if you don't know about that, it's because you're not on my email list. So in my show notes, I have a link that I will put there for you and you will get in your inbox every Wednesday, usually in the afternoon, a video. It's a YouTube uh, link that is an unlisted exclusive video just for you moms. And then I also write a blog style type of content um, on that email. I do not share my emails with anybody. It will only be from me. I don't give them out. I don't sell them. So you will not be getting spam that comes from me. You will only be hearing from me. So I want you to know that if you would like more content, that's where you can get more content. You can also join the moms group, the Uplift Effect moms uh, Facebook group by going to the link that's in the show notes that will take you there. And um, you can have access to all of the content that has been there uh, since the beginning. So also, if you will subscribe, like, thumbs up, comment, all those things. You know I do not make any money on this podcast, but it is my truest heart's desire that parents who are looking for content to help them in this journey navigating parenthood, that they will be able to find access to podcasts that can do that. Well, the way you can help parents find this podcast is by commenting, is by leaving thumbs up and stars and and subscribe and all of those things. So you don't miss one and they can see because it it affects um, when they're scrolling through how they can find content. So let me get this going. I will cue this right up and I will talk to you on the other side just briefly as I said goodbye. When we have children that are choosing undesired behaviors, um, especially at eight, nine, 10, that kind of thing, you know, there's a variety of things that could be going on. Um, There can be things psychologically that are going on. If we have parents that are psychologically have diagnoses, um, you know, those things are hereditary. And so, um, that can be part of what people are working with. And in those cases, there, um, you know, there really needs to be more intensive psychological testing and um, consistent ongoing counseling for children who would maybe fit in that area. Now, I'm not saying in any of these cases that you guys have brought up that, that I know that that's the case. I don't. I'm just saying that. Um, on the upfront, if there are children that have specific situations going on that 
are so intense and so severe that they may need to have some testing. May meet might they may need to be under a doctor's care. Please keep that in mind and go um, and seek out those resources. The best thing I ever did for my son when he was young, and I mean young, was to go and advocate for him. And that means sometimes that we have to go to more than one doctor. Now, my pediatrician was very supportive and absolutely saw what I was talking about. And so she was very, very helpful. But um, I'm a very big, big advocate of going and getting resources that can be one-on-one -on -one with your children um, when you see things that could be concerning. But here's the other thing. How do you manage and deal and survive with all of that? Well, one of the things that, and in just a general sweep that I do in my program with Transforming Chaos to Calm, when I am working with moms who have got chaos in their home with just behaviors and all that kind of stuff is that we have to keep in mind that children can't keep track of all of the rules and parents oftentimes cannot keep track of all the rules. So I had mentioned like, you've got to pick like two things at a time uh, to kind of work with. And I mean, two things specifically over a period of time. I saw the other day in a, um, in a book that I was reading that, you know, statistics are showing that there has to be 66 times of changes of behavior before a new pattern is really developed. And so, you know, an easy way to remember that is like Route 66, you know, like there's got to be 66 times. That can seem daunting. <laughs> you know, it used to be like 20 days, 30 days, blah, 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 you know, before a new habit is built. And they kind of broke this down into 66 times of a new behavior. Keep that in mind. We get frustrated because on day four, our kids aren't changing, but we didn't change on day four either. And when we were trying to implement a new behavior change in our own self, we didn't change that that quick. So our children aren't either. Two things. You pick two things. One of them may be, um, I was working with a mom recently and she was having a hard time with her child getting dressed. Um, he would not get dressed in the morning before they were going uh, to school. Um, another one is, you know, would not use the bathroom before they were getting ready to go run errands. And she knew he was going to get to the grocery store and have to go to the bathroom. And um, right now, that's not always the best uh, option. And so her child was younger and she didn't really want to be doing that, going to the bathroom in public place. So, but he would refuse to go to the bathroom before they left the house. So, You've got to pick specific behaviors and you have to say, we've got to change some things around here for everybody's well-being. You don't enjoy living in a home, in an environment where we're at each other all the time. I don't enjoy it. Your siblings don't enjoy it. And it just makes all of us feel really, really bad. So here's the deal. The good news is, is that we're going to work together and we're going to get this turned around so that we all enjoy living in our home. And so you're playing this up and you're going to say, so here's the deal. Came up with an idea and on this piece of paper or this poster board or whatever, I have written out two things that I think would really help you feel better and me feel better if we came together on and we had progress with. One of the things that makes mornings really difficult is when I ask you to put your clothes on and get yourself dressed for school and you refuse to do that, or I'm not cooperative in doing that, well, then 
you know, we run behind and then I'm frustrated and you're frustrated. And then we start off the day so fussy at each other. And that means that you go to school and you feel bad and I drop you off at school and I drive away and I feel bad and nobody starts off their day in that way, in a negative way, and is excited about it. And I'm not either. So let's do something totally different um, so we can get that turned around. So what I did is I made a chart and I gave that as an example. And here is your opportunity to earn a special privilege or a reward. You give a reward system. And what you're saying is, is I want to show you how rewarding it can be when you do something the first time and how easy it is. And I'm going to reward you for that because a lot of things in life actually do have rewards, not in the way of earning gum or what a special privilege. But if you do not choose to do that, then what I have listed here is the consequence because life has consequences. We don't get to just act however we want to. And give them an example of your job. Like if I went to my job and I just walked in there and said, you know what? I'm not going to take that trash out and I'm not going to clean these tables today and I'll show up whenever I want to. I'm gonna be fired. I won't have a job anymore. I don't get to, as an adult, just act however I want to. And honestly, in a lot of circumstances in our life, we don't get to call all the shots. When we are working for somebody else, we have to do things most of the time the way they've decided needs to be done. So you're giving your children real life examples. Use school as an example. You know, at school, you don't get to just act however you want to. When you get mad, you just can't take your pencil and throw it across the room. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> we have a set of expectations that we have to work within in almost every aspect of our life. And so my job as a parent is to help teach you how to do that. Another thing would be we don't get to just lash out at people with ugly words whenever we just aren't getting our way. I've had to have this very um, conversation with my children when they were younger, not as much now, but because they're all teenagers and older, but, um, but maybe still some, <laughs> um, I, you know, when the kids would just like lash out and, and say whatever they wanted to, I was like, hold up just a second. Like we don't get to lash out with our words when we don't get our way. That doesn't work at school. It doesn't work with your friends. Your friends will not choose to continue being your friends. It doesn't work in your job. It won't work in your relationships as you get older. Like there's no place in your life that you can just lash out whenever you want to. And for that to just be okay. You're going to have a very lonely life if that's what you choose. My job as a parent is to help you understand and learn why that's going to be a problem and a different way of doing it. So how we're going to do that is exactly how the world does it. I'm going to reward you for doing it the way I've asked you the first time. And then there's a consequence for choosing to not do it. And you've got to decide what those are, what's appropriate. If you have trouble deciding what is appropriate, let me know. That's what I do. That's what I help parents walk through because it needs to be appropriate um, and predictable and um, something that they know and you know that you can do 100% of the time. Here's where most of the issues are. 
and I can relate to this because I'm very black or white, and children are going to force us in the gray. <laughs> They're going to find the crack in every scenario that we bring up. And I struggled with this because I was like, mm, this is why I'm telling you to put it in writing on a chalkboard in your house, on a cardboard, I mean, um, poster board, take a picture of it, have it on your phone so that when you're away from the house, you are not going to be reacting to the child's behavior. You are implementing. And if you don't have a plan and you don't have that organized on the upfront, you're going to end up reacting. So then we end up just becoming like our kids. I've done it. It's embarrassing. So what I would do is say, oh, wait, time out. I think this is one of those two things that we talked about. And let's see, you've chosen this or this and you move straight into implement. Okay. So in that case, maybe my body language gave away that they didn't cooperate, but then I go, oh, wait, hold on. You just totally did what I asked you to do the very first time. And look at you, you are dressed and ready to go for school. We're ready, we're on time and everything is so much easier this way. Thank you so much for choosing that, for cooperating. See how much better it feels. Here's your reward. I'm going to follow through on this chart. And they get to see how it works on both sides. And this is the other thing, when you have young children or very defiant children, um, which <laughs> I've been there, you have to role play this out potentially, okay? And that's actually totally fun. Make it fun. If your child is really young or very, very defiant, you may need to say, I'm gonna roll, we're gonna role play this and we're gonna switch roles and you get to be the parent and I'm gonna be the kid. I'm gonna show you how it works, okay? So go ahead, tell me to get my clothes on for school. And they do. And you go, no, I'm not going to get my clothes on for school. I'm not going to school. Okay. I'm totally going to laugh at this later. But anyway, you get my point. And you over dramatize it. You make it completely silly. And they're going to be laughing. Go, I don't act like that. And you're going to go, I'm just playing, you know, and you make it fun. That's the point of what I'm trying to make. You make it fun. Kind of like a game that they're going to have to try to beat and win. Right. So you choose, you're not going to do it and say, now implement, tell me, what did I do? Which one of those things did I do? I didn't cooperate. And what is my consequence for choosing that? Okay. So tell me, you did not choose to do what I asked to do the first time. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to sit or you're going to lose the privilege of such and such for today. Okay. And I'm going to go, it makes me so mad. And you go to your room and you sit there and you sulk for a minute. Okay. And then you come back, go, okay, time out. So now we're going to do the other way because that's no fun. Let's do the other way. Tell me again to put my clothes on for school because we're in a hurry and we only have a few more minutes. And let the child tell you that and have a good time with it. And you go, okay, let me hurry real quick. So you go in your room and you get your clothes on and you come out and you go, I'm ready. And the child, and then you say, now which one did I do on the chart? Oh, so you get to reward me. Practice that. And then you have your child come back and they get to be the parent and they get to tell you, you did what I asked the very first time. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for cooperating. Here's your reward. And I go, wow, I'm so excited. It's so much easier and so much better to be rewarded than it is to be punished. I'm going to pick the reward almost every single time. My point is, is that you're trying to make it fun. And you are trying to engage them in the process. 
because if they can see that it's fun, they're going to cooperate with it or ask them to pick out what do they think would be reasonable. That is so powerful. Let them pick the reward, maybe help them with boundaries and maybe even let them pick what they think the punishment should be. I've done that many a times. I've had my kids say, I probably should lose my device. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Put that down because if it's their idea, they're much more likely to interact with it. So the more you can get them engaged, the more of it is their ideas and the more of it that they see actually can be fun, they're going to cooperate. Here's what I can guarantee you. If all you are is negative and all you are is fussy and over them all the time and you're doing this wrong and, and just so much negative, you're going to get what you give every time. And you cannot choose an appropriate response when you are emotionally reacting. And in the middle of a fight with your child is not the time to start negotiating, to start trying to figure out consequences or to start implementing any of this. You have to do this separate from all of that and have a conversation with them when they're not having a meltdown. You will not get anywhere in the middle of the meltdown. The meltdown is the time to implement and you implement and you let it be. Here's the other thing. You have to do it 100% of the time. Do not let them catch you in the gray where you go, well, you know, we were running behind and they haven't had a lot of sleep. So that gives them room to be grumpy and blah, blah, blah. I, <clears throat> no. If you show them where the cracks are, they will take full advantage of that and they will get in that crack and they will wedge their way in there and they will make it wide open for all kinds of things. This you ruin this entire process. If you do not stick to it, because children are smart and they're going to look, they're circling around this new system. Whoops, sorry about mine. They're circling around this new system to see if you mean it. And in this circumstance, or, or do you mean it on every day? Do you mean it in the morning and at night or only on Wednesdays? That's what they're doing because they're testing to see if you really do mean what you mean. And your job is to say, I mean this every day and we have a new way of doing things because I want to enjoy living at home with you and I want you to enjoy living at home with me. And if you can change the energy in your house, change the energy inside of you, change the energy in your tone of voice, it will go a really long way. When you hear your child say something ugly back to you, because that was brought up and one of the moms saying, you know, I went to bed crying at night because my child said something really ugly to me and it hurt my feelings because I do everything for them. Okay. I so, so can relate to this. This is particularly hard for single parents because single moms, particularly because we do pull so much of the weight and that is very hurtful. We have to keep in mind that oftentimes that is about us. Um, the child doesn't understand oftentimes, depending on what age they are, um, the dynamics that are involved in the intensity of what those words really mean. So we have to kind of keep that in mind. But here's the other thing. I think one of the best things that we can do is tell our children that our feelings have been hurt to go to them softly, not mean, but go to them softly and say, even if you are tearful, um, to say, you know, when you said that, it has really hurt my feelings. And I just want you to know 
that it's not okay to say it, stuff like that. It hurts my feelings because what I heard you say was this. What I feel from that is that you don't appreciate what I do for you. And, you know, that's really mean. My feelings are hurt from it. And maybe you meant to say it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But when you just say mean things, it can really hurt other people's feelings. Now, be careful not to say you make me feel this way, but you can say your words when you say that are very hurtful. And I'm struggling tonight because of what you've said. And you probably didn't mean to hurt my feelings, but I want you to know that when you say these kinds of things, that they really actually are mean. And I just wanted you to know that. I have gone to my kids and I have said to them, you know, um, you don't realize sometimes how, and this is true for all of us, you don't realize sometimes the harshness or the intensity behind what you say and how very damaging that can be and very hurtful that can be. And we're all responsible for our own choices and, and, and how we choose to what we choose to be hurt over and, and react to and whatever. But we also want to teach our children that they are in charge of the words that they say. And when they choose mean, they are choosing something that can really, really be damaging to somebody. And that's not who we want to raise. But we have to be sure we're also modeling that same thing. If we are saying ugly things to our children, they are learning that that's okay because they see you doing it. Even if it's not directed at them, if they see you doing it to other people, if they see you or hear you on the phone doing it, that's a really big one. I've had a lot of parents say, oh, I never talked to them that way. I just talked to their other parent or, you know, whoever on the phone that way. I'm in a fight with my friend all the time and they hear me doing that. Okay. But they're learning from your behavior. Even if it's not directed at them, they're always watching this. So be careful, little mouse, what you say, because they're watching and they're listening. I know that that doesn't cover all of the basis. There's no way for me to totally do that in one video and, and this will take an hours to load. And I may need to go back and watch it and see, do you hear the dump truck out there? Um, and my dog's barking and my phone's going off and all the craziness. We're just trying to do life over here today. But um, I want to encourage you to just keep some of those things in mind and to try a few of them. You cannot turn this around overnight. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get it turned around overnight, but you've got to start with small things. You can't start with the biggest of things. Start with small things and start getting the energy turned around in your home and start getting your children recognizing mom is so much more fun when we're having a good time and not when we're doing consequences. So, but the other thing is keep in mind that your energy is so contagious on both sides and you are in charge of that. So I hope that encourages you and try it. Start today, make a list, doesn't have to be fancy, put it on the fridge, talk to your kids about it and see what happens. Give me feedback, I wanna know. All right, bye-bye. 
Okay, well, that wraps up a series that I had done, um, a group coaching session for moms that I did, and I, I hope that you found it helpful, particularly for parents who are struggling to get their kids to cooperate and who really need to implement some parenting plans in their system at home. And again, so much of it is about what we are doing. That is not to put pressure on parents, and, and say that you are doing it wrong, but it is to empower you that you have what it takes to turn things around. And you are not just at your child's mercy. So there is hope. You can get it turned around. I know you can. I have. I see mothers all the time who do. Thank you so much for listening to The Uplift Effect. I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day, and we will talk to you next Monday. Bye-bye.